Yeah. And yes, uh, we're is. recording. Yes, it's nice to see you all. Drinking a nice uh, bit of coffee out of my Hummel and Fred mug. Those on Facebook could see it. You want to wow, see what mug nice. I'm using here? Yes. Is that mine? Oh. Yeah. Is it the Fred oh. Patterson one? <laughs> Wait, I'll turn it around. I don't want to dump the coffee on the board, though. Can you see that? Yeah. Where's the Humble Howard one? Somewhere in here. Maybe it got lost in the flood. Yeah. Hey, I, you, I, I sort of wouldn't mind that cup. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to, got to come claim it. <laughs> That's right. Now, you hey, know what? I'll bring it to you uh, this week. You can have it back. Hey, is all the flood stuff done now? Or are you like back in uh, uh, proper shape in the basement? I mean, it's all been remediated, Dan. That's flood talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's an uh, expert now. Okay. That's right, Dan. It's been remediated, but uh, it has not been repaired yet. Oh, okay. When's that happening? Um, I don't know. You know, I've been uh, contacted by the insurance company that they're going to be covering all the insurance needs. All right. Really? So they haven't uh, put the walls back? That is correct. That seems like a long time. So long, I completely forgot about the whole... Uh, <laughs> That's right. It's been erased from your memory. <laughs> yes, out of sight, out of mind. That's true, honestly. I haven't thought about that in a couple of weeks. Isn't that awful? So I don't know. You know Does it seem like... Humble a- and Fred's studio. I should be up at night worrying about it like you. <laughs> Does that seem like a long time? Um, I don't know. I mean, I... I could contact the, they, the last I heard from the insurance company, Dan and Fred, is that it's all covered. Well, don't you have to make some sort of choices about, you know, color palettes for the. I haven't done any of that. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah, none, none of that has happened okay. to your point. Well, you should be planning for that. Like, you know, what color do you want down there on the carpet floor? And <laughs> okay. The wall you know, color, it's going to get painted, obviously. So you I know the wall those. color. It's uh, like the rest of the studio. It's called Revere Pewter. Uh, is that right? Yes, it is. How, How do you know that? Because it's the same color that most of my house is. Ah, it's Revere a, Pewter. Yes, it's just uh, like a nice uh, medium tone, right? Not offensive, uh, doesn't jump out at you. Wait a minute. You're uh, saying it's not. It's not a, wait, wait. You're saying it's, it's a not warm offensive? color. What you, you something we've done is not offensive. <laughs> no, that doesn't seem like us. That uh, reminds it, me. That reminds me. I was pretty good. I, I really think I was pretty good because, you know, I went on, on that family vacation with my entire family. Yeah, we're going to get to that. No, I know. But I just on this subject offensive and I thought. Before we left, and then my buddy Doug's his entire family was there. And part of my pre-trip preparation was keep reminding myself not to say anything offensive or watch what I say. You know, um, everything doesn't have to be a joke. I just keep driving this into right, my head. Right. Yeah, because like you, often it's like <laughs> you're in the middle of something, and then it's like, oh fuck, what did I say? Oh yeah. And I think I got. I think I'm pretty sure I got through it. Well, I, I okay. want to explore that. All right. I do. All I right. want to explore the whole trip, beginning, middle, and end. Um, but I did want to get back to the idea. What was it? Not offensive. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Dan. See, all this time that we uh, had off last week, when I, I should have talked to you about this, where I could have been worrying about color palettes and carpet choices <laughs> here, because believe me, I had a lot of time off. 
and there's lots of space for the how man to be worrying about stuff. But um, but I did not. And uh, but I will get a hold of the uh, remediation company, which is also the company I've chosen to repair it. Uh, they do both. Oh, yeah. Well, nice choice. Well, you made one choice. I have. There's a few more to well, come. I actually, for a second, I was going to talk to Fred about this. For a second, I was thinking maybe we get Dan Duran. Because what they give you a choice of, they say you can use this company and here's how much money it's going to cost. Or you can take the cash and give it to somebody else and let them fix it. And I thought, is this a job for Dan Duran? And then I thought, I don't know. I don't you know, do you want Dan living? <laughs> do you want Dan? Is Dan going to come back to living in the house again for months? And yeah, no, I, I didn't. I just well, the, I didn't. the question would be: Would you still be living there in twenty twenty six? That's right. That's right. Um, I've I've sold the house, Dan, but you're welcome to continue to try and repair the basement. <laughs> I don't like the pressure of you know. I know it's a lot of pressure man. and stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure when you're doing that that kind of thing. It's got to be done right. It's got to be done right. Well, that's that's what I thought. I thought this is the kind of job where Dan. I don't I, actually. To be honest with you, I, I did think of you for a second. I thought, I'm I, is this the kind of thing Dan does, like drywall and carpets? And I'm sure you you do, don't you? you yeah, do it all. Well, I don't. I have you know. I could install a carpet. I haven't really done carpets. That's kind of a you know special tools thing. But you know, depends what you want down there, right? Well, maybe, it would just, maybe you should, I'm sorry. Maybe you should just uh, reconsider the whole uh, the basement usage section because you isn't that good enough for your golf lab? Could you reconstruct it into a full full on a full golf simulator? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Drop down I don't know. Screen and all that. I mean, that would be a decision for the Fred man too, because you oh, know, no, it has to be the humble and Fred studio right. from here to to wither or yeah. whatever the term is. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's a functioning studio. It's the pulse of the Humble and Fred business, Dan. That's right. I, I knew that was the answer, but I just wanted to see what you were going to say. Dan, <laughs> we um, we have a thing here in, in our company known as plausible deniability. And uh, part of that <laughs> is, If we didn't uh, have that space, we would not be in business, Dan. That's right. Got it. Yeah. Okay. We can't turn the Humble and Fred offices into a full golf simulator, including, you know, putting green. Right. Okay. Well, unless we brought the public in with machines that they put money into. <laughs> you know, I just realized we have, you know, we're so and lots under, of it. We're, we're so under practice. Yeah, that's what I want. The public in here. Every, <laughs> that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring the public in. Um, well, then it remains the humble and Fred uh, headquarters uh, enterprise. Um, Dan, I just realized uh, we're a little out of practice here, uh, everyone. And so we haven't actually started the show officially. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with empty suitcases ready for travel, and from Lisa's dining room table right next to trendy black sticks in a vase. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Odog, and Kelsey's, and our newest sponsor, Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now, here are two men who are back, and may I quote from the great Peaches and Herb, reunited, and it feels so good, reunited, because we understood there's one perfect fit, and sugar, this one is it, we both are so excited, because we're reunited, hey, hey, yeah, 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 baby, it's wow. humble with Fred. Holy crap, you're like, <laughs> I, I think it would have been, it was very funny, Dan, but it... 
If you'd have just kept, if you'd have just kept going, <laughs> like do the entire, like really commit to the character. Yeah, really, really commit to the character. The that would have been song, great. Yeah, just do the entire song. Uh, great to see you guys. Great. Hey, hey, everybody, we're back, and uh, it was great uh, doing the show a few weeks ago with Jeff Lumby and Lori Love, both excellent broadcasters. But uh, you know, nothing takes the place of the Fred, f- the Fred vibe on the program. I mean, I can do the show with somebody else, you know, because I uh, I've been at this game a long time, man and boy. But that doesn't mean I like doing the show. I mean, I'll do it. And I, I shouldn't say I don't like it. I enjoyed it. It's a nice novelty, but um, yeah, it's not the same. Well, it's quite a luxury, Howard, um, as I listen to those podcasts and thinking what a great luxury that um, in situations like that, there's a stable of highly talented professional broadcasters available to step in. So... And that was quite evident through those shows. I mean, from Lori to Jeff to, you know, uh, Larry Fedora pops in. That's, uh, you know, and then, you know, the little bit of spice there with Emily Muse. It was wonderful. Wonderful. No, it was great. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, there might be a time like I, I was a little bit, not that I was bored last week, but I could have, in hindsight, done the show. Dan and I could have got some more guest Freds and we could have done the show. But a couple of days is fine. A little bit of a novelty, and then we're back now for quite some time, everybody. We're not taking any time off for the rest of this month. And then we'll give you our February schedule when that becomes available. Yeah, February and March, eh? Those are traditional times where you need to take some time off to <laughs> prepare for the spring. Um, okay, let's get right into it, because I've, I've the talked... The spring to- where, you, where you have to take some time <laughs> off. <laughs> To prepare for summer. That's, that's right. And of course, in the summer, it's too, it's too hot to work. Um, I want to get right into this because uh, you, you well, starting with the uh, concept of offending people. Um, I haven't got any like recent. I mean, obviously, like, if I really put my mind around it. But here's the thing I was going to ask you. and Maybe Dan can relate to this. I'm not sure sometimes when I'm offending somebody until after I've done mm-hmm. it and I look back and go, oh, I see. That yes. was offensive. <laughs> but it, it's not, it's rarely my intent. It happens because my, you know, as you were mentioning, uh, you know, you think uh, everything's supposed to be funny or you, you want to say yeah. something funny and then you realize after, oh, that wasn't funny. That didn't. That didn't come out the way I meant it to. Because that person's face tells me that they're offended. Yeah. Or what you say might be funny, but you didn't set it up properly. That's another problem. If you set it up probably properly and then say it, because not, you know, not everybody operates at the same clip we do when it comes to that sort of aggravating part of our (laughs) that's right of our personalities where everything's a joke well it's not to most people so yeah you got to watch what you say and how you say it and there's two things about my self that i've learned through uh the women in my life uh both uh permanent and impermanent two things is i'm a lot louder than i think i am Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i i just am and i I think part of it is I, I'm trying something different this week is I'm taking my headphones down a little bit in terms of, of um, 
volume. Because I think all these years of having really loud headphones has just got me, my brain configured to the, there's a, there's a volume I think I operate at. But I was having dinner with Rachel, ex-girlfriend Rachel this week, and several times in the uh, restaurant, she had to make this motion of just, you know, because I get enthusiastic and apparently I start to yell. <laughs> so And everyone around you can hear it. <laughs> that's right. So that's one just, aspect. Yeah. For other people in a restaurant, that's weird, too, because you can hear it, but you don't. Part of you wants to hear what the guy's saying in case it's juicy. On the other half, it's like, I don't really want to hear what that guy has to yeah. say. So and there's then, that was part. Was it an intimate re- restaurant? Like, yeah, it was a nice restaurant. Club? Well, yeah. not, not yeah, yeah. fine dining intimate, but it was, you know, it was a small restaurant. It's Toronto. But yeah. the second part of my, that I've been um, un- made to understand, and maybe it's different for you, but is that sometimes my tone is different than I intend it to be. That I... Same here. Yeah, like I've, I've come off a bit more like, I don't know, edgy. resting. Edgy. Yeah, that's it. I live in that neighborhood. Yeah, well, of course you do. You're right next door. <laughs> You're right next door to me. It's like I have resting asshole voice, but I don't mean to. Same here. Howard. So do I. And, and you know, there you can look for a ton of excuses. My dad used to be a manager of a hockey team. For years, when I was a kid, he would manage the hockey teams. So he'd come home at night to phone the kids, and he'd be yelling into the phone. Like, he'd be downstairs, had this little area, but you could hear him throughout the whole house. And my mom used to say, Richard, keep it down. But the thing is, see, he worked in a warehouse, mm-hmm. and he was on the phone all day, and he was screaming over the phone above all the tow motors and everything. Right, right. So he would just bring that home with him. And as the excuse I use is with Delise over the years was, you know, I go for four hours a morning. I'm behind a microphone. I'm sort of projecting my exactly, voice, you know, and, I, and I'm trying to use a different, not a different, but, you know, you want to you want to have diction. You want to project. And when you bring that home, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's exactly. not received the way it's not received the way it should be. Now, Dan only gets that tone. Dan, See, Dan's the opposite. Dan has resting angel boy voice. You know, where everything that comes out of his mouth sounds somewhat, um, there's a great Spanish word, dulce, very sweet. Except, as you've uh, pointed out to the audience from time to time, when Dan gets adamant or upset, then he gets choppy and edgy. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> yeah. I've had that a few times. Oh, yeah, so have I. There's only oh. a few. There's only yeah, a few. You know, listen. Yeah, you know, I don't venture into that Dan's world. had enough of me from time to time. Oh, yeah. And uh, chastised me. I've been on the receiving end of a Dan Duran chastisement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had a well, couple, too, where Dan, I've said stuff to Dan, you know, and expect the choppy to come back, and he just looks at me and sort of has a half smile and goes, ooh, or wow. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that stings a bit too, but because I think while, you, you, while you're delivering your speech, you feel real good. But mm. once once you've finished, then the regret sets in. <laughs> but, but I think you've described it, and you know what? For the and and I think I you know it's nice to learn something new. Um, because what you just said just about the way we've spent all of our lives, the three of us. But you know, Dan's not the edgy pricks that we are mm-hmm. but that's so describes it perfectly we spend your we, you spend your entire life you know projecting to a point 
uh, four hours a day, every day of the the week, and you know, trying to be you know dramatic or with you know for for hilarious purposes. Yes, in the real world, that doesn't translate as well because people aren't expecting it. No, I agree. And you know, another dimension to it. And you know, I've used this ex- excuse, and is it even really an excuse? It's it's a true man, true. Yeah, man. You know, for over 20 years, part of my day, even part of my day was doing a sports comment, which was a critical analysis. And and more and over the years, you you tend to look at things from a critical standpoint. You look at it and you think, well, you analyze, you criticize, you know what I mean? You slice and dice. And even beyond that. The very basis of doing what we do is awful. Uh, awful. Oh, it is awful. <laughs> yeah. Often. No, you're right. It's it is aw- awful. No, it's often critical analysis. Whether you're talking about a band, you're talking about music, you're talking about something in the news, we sort of train ourselves. I mean, that's that's what creates the content, sort of that critical analysis. And again, oh, yeah. when you bring that home and everything you look at, <laughs> you sort of analyze and overly criticize or critique then that can wear on the people you live with as well and and others that you encounter in your life encounter in your now, life this is a day basis yeah this would be an example of sometimes i'm caught up in conversations where you know i was with my very good friend uh stinky the other night <laughs> steve and uh we had a great time he's an amazing cook like it's just ridiculous how good a like some people are just really good at that. So yeah. we're having dinner and through the evening, it's just him and I and his dog and we're talking. And at some point he brings up Donald Trump. Oh, now, okay. now, the average okay. person has a few things to say about Donald Trump. But like then 20 minutes later, after I go through this whole diatribe and analysis, I realize not everyone has been thinking as deeply about this no. as you and I have for years and at one point, I said to him, Steve, I'm sorry. Let's move on to something else. Because honestly, that's, you know, he, 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 he liked it. He said, oh, this is great. You know, I get some perspective maybe he hadn't thought of. Or, but the thing is, as I explained to him after, I've been talking to Fred about this on a daily, weekly, monthly basis for years now. Well, the average person, to your point about analysis and the perspective, the average person isn't doing that. And they're no, certainly not no, doing not. it no. to present it to others, <laughs> to exactly. present it to others, which is what we do every day, exactly. in case you don't know. In all those years <laughs> in the radio, if somebody didn't like what I was saying, they could just reach over and turn it down or turn it off. Yeah. Unfortunately, the people stuck in a room with you cannot do that. Oh, they want to, though. <laughs> oh, of course they want to. Yeah. They, want to and sh- they want to get a gun and shoot you. Daniel, um, what's sometimes. your perspective? Because you've spent a lot of time with both of us in various states of uh, sobriety and inebriation and mm. indignation and anger well, I, and uh, vitriol. I, I think I understand you guys more than most because of the dynamic that you're, you know, because of the performance side. And then there's the, you know, personal uh, friendship side. So, you know, I, I can make that bridge, I think. But perhaps you guys. A bridge over troubled to- waters, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Perhaps you guys should go through, so and maybe even when repurposing the basement, some sort of uh, decompression chamber. So when you, <laughs> when, exactly. When you get out of uh, the show, and then you just go into this room for a designated period of time. Yeah, that's what we. I need. don't know. Have LED screens, you know, showing pastures <laughs> of cows or something. <laughs> yes. 
should. We really should. We you should know, turn the basement smells and things into and then, an ashram. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and it gets back to you said uh, what you said too, Howard, about delivery. You sort of have this tone or this edge to it. I think that's my problem as well, because sometimes if I'm having a debate, a conversation with my wife, I take on this how you know how I would deliver it on the show or on the radio. Uh, and it doesn't, sometimes it just doesn't sit well. Oh yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not talking to an audience. I don't know. I'm talking to my sweet wife. So I, and I, you know, and it's like, as I've learned over the years that that saying, consider your audience. And I try to do that more and more lately over the past couple of years where for a long time that I was oblivious to that. You have to consider your audience. And when I say we look professionally, you do. And 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 personally, you do. Because um, as you say, like, how much does Stephen Furlio care about Donald Trump? How much is that part of his life in a day? Is he sitting down, you know, watching CNN, MSNBC all week and and thinking of reasons he hates mm-hmm. Donald Trump? To most people, it's just something over there that they hear about, you know? Yeah. And, and I think I have also through the years, you know, calm down slightly uh you know not drinking is definitely a big help because when i was drinking i had no awareness of what kind of tone or level i was projecting at least now all rachel would have to do is kind of make this motion where she's just i'm like oh okay so i'm yelling again um but as far as my discussion with Stephen, I mean, that's the thing that happens in a lot of situations where whether it's the Israelis thing or the Trump thing or whatever the subject is, most people haven't thought about it, if they have at all, to the level that we have in order to present it to an audience. And I find sometimes less and less when I'm making the transition to normal conversation it, it's mm-hmm. it, sometimes it, I have to remind myself, as you said, like not everyone in this discussion group wants to hear me uh, make a sermon. So, so, Fred, when you were on vacation and uh, and you're trying a social experiment for yourself, would, did you like find yourself biting your tongue a lot, like going? To I, lo- say I love something? I love how the the vacation with his grandkids has turned into a social experiment. <laughs> um. No, because the kids, we, you know, Melanie was there. Danny was there. My nephew, John, his sister, my niece, um, Emma and their mates. So it was very entertaining to sit back and listen to 30 something early 40 year old people talk. I, I was very entertained by that. And I really, you know, I have some things to offer, but not a lot. So, no, I didn't find myself in that situation. Um, biting my tongue. There was a couple of times I thought, oh, I'll say that. And then I thought, nah, I, I don't need to say that. What what was just said is funny enough and I'll let it go. But yeah, it was, you know, it can be difficult. No, you know, I've, I've, it's interesting you brought that up. Interesting. First, interesting. Um, because there was a, a group in the house here at Christmas time and at one point at the end of the day, evening, whatever it was, there was uh, Charlie and Spencer and Charlie's boyfriend. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's a, a, a bit of a discussion going on. And I was just kind of cleaning some stuff up in the kitchen. And I just found myself, what you just said, like listening to this discussion. Mm-hmm. 
as it unfolded without interjecting myself into it. Uh, was, and I found that entertaining because, you know, at that point, I didn't have the energy to wade into what they were. They were talking about pretty interesting discussion about cults and religion. And I had a thing or two I thought I might add. But I at that point in the day, I thought, mm, let me just see where this is going to go. And, and you know, uh, the tough thing is with that, Howard, it's perspective. Yeah, we, we can never, ever. Seriously, we're 30 years older. We've been through different experiences. Our perspective, we can never look at these issues through their eyes. And you, exactly. You, you, could, you know, so you, you could talk, you can talk and I don't even want to say argue, but argue till the dogs come home or the cows come home. But you're so not some animal the world. comes home, an animal comes <laughs> home. You're not seeing the world through their eyes. No, not and there's at all. no right. And there's no right or wrong. It's it's just what it is. And. Yeah, so yeah, you just have to, you know, know your audience. <laughs> well, if I may just comment on what you just said, I actually had that discussion with my friend Stinky. That's what um, we call him, Stinky. When I was explaining my daughter's perspective on the Middle East situation is so much different than mine, and he said, how can that be? And I responded basically with what you just said. I said, every generation synthesizes information for the time that they're in, you know, I know. And, and so yeah. my kids who have grown up in a world of social media and woke and all this stuff, I said to Stephen, their perspective is so much different than ours. The same way that, you know, in the early 70s, those, you know, post 60s hippies, you know, their perspective on the world, Vietnam, Nixon, Watergate was so much different than our parents. And, and what you just said is, is why it's hard sometimes for older people to get their heads around how the younger generation is acting because we all see the world through the, the, synthesi- the, the synthesizing of our experiences. Exactly. You know, and we came up through a different era and things are unfolding different for them than they were for us. One thing is for sure. You can you can say to them, I don't or I have, but I will not again. You know, their perspective is going to change with age and experience. One hundred percent. But they can't they can't appreciate that now because I've said that before. I said, oh, you know, your attitude, you'll look at things differently. No, no, I won't. Dad. And the the thing is, um, they will. And I'm not saying in any particular way. It just changes with experience. It just does. Absolutely. Um, but they they don't know that because they haven't had the experience. They haven't had the experience to realize that their attitude will change with experience. I was, thinking, I was thinking about something along these lines the other day about how how much stuff we at our age we've experienced. And, you know, the whole vampire live forever, whatever kind of, you know, how long mm-hmm. would it take for for one to get just bored with living because nothing's new anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You've seen everything there is to see at some point. And and so the only thing that's new is something new, like, I don't know, an iPhone or something like that. It might be something new, but you're, you're you're, all these conversations and things and cycles have all happened so many times. You guys go like, "Ah, I don't know. I don't care anymore. Again, interesting that you bring that up because one of the things I was about to say that I, that, part of the discussion with stinky was this i said 
and I brought it up on this show before, that we all think we're living in these unique times. And I said, think about whenever you know Dickens wrote that book and uh, it starts with, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It's always been the best of times and the worst of times for the people of that time. And again, I go back to the term like you know we think right now it's all man it's so unique there's never been any time like this and then you look at the you know the vietnam war was still raging in the late 60s early 70s the president was disgraced on television watergate etc etc and those people thought they were living in unprecedented times because for them you know they were and i'll just finish by saying when, when it comes to the middle east discussion I also, and I've said this to you guys before, I don't talk about it with my kids precisely for the reason Fred just mentioned about I, I know their perspective will evolve, let's say, not necessarily completely change, but it will evolve over time and I'll wait for that to happen as opposed to imposing myself and my will on the people because as I've mentioned many times, I am more interested in a, rela- a peaceful, loving relationship with my daughters than I am in convincing them they're right or wrong. And what do you think? Yes. I'll take questions now. <laughs> no, that's, that's it. It, it, it. That's it. And, uh, you know, you just sometimes you just wish you had taken this on, this attitude on earlier. But, you know, that's life. That's relationships. That's, you know, the ups and downs of of life. Um, yeah. I mean, because you can, you know, I, I, listen, I use the word confrontational, argumentative, likes to debate. I mean, you know, that's been a spin on my personality over the years. And in retrospect, it's like, you know, you could have saved yourself a lot of grief by not being that way. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> tell me about it. Well, yeah, and, you know, and even, you know, something else you mentioned with Rachel. How is sweet Rachel? She's fantastic. Oh, she great. is uh, just a, a sweet, lovely woman. Yeah. Yes, she is. She is. I miss her. We miss her. Delise and I miss her. Um, <clears throat> maybe, you know, one of these days when you're going out for dinner with her, Doll and I could join you for old time's sake, Howard. I'm, she would love that. Yeah. Um, ex- although we won't go for... Lobster risotto. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, it, being in a situation with Doll and I'm speaking too loud. Like, I had this turning point where we'd be somewhere and I'd be speaking loud and Delise would say, oh, come on, put your voice down. I'd actually get annoyed at her for saying that. Oh, yeah, me too. And, and then I got to the point, it was like, well, she wouldn't just pull that out of her ass. She wouldn't say that for the sake of saying it. Obviously, I'm doing that. Consider, <laughs> no, I know. The person, consider the person telling me that. And the thing is, and the reason she's telling me that, she doesn't want me to embarrass myself. She doesn't want people around me to be embarrassed by my loudness. So she's telling me that because I love her or because she loves me. And it's like, anyway, you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Uh, but there was a time, mm-hmm. you know, when, mm-hmm. you know, Randy or lady friend or Rachel would tell me that I was being loud, that I would mm-hmm. dispute that. Same here. And I would be no, like, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then you realize they're not saying that because they're just, they just some fantasy. No. Yeah. They're not pretending that I'm loud. 
No, I I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, we've got to. We have a redo. Sometimes I think, can I just have a fucking redo? No, I hear you, man. Starting where? Starting when? Oh, Um, you know, nineteen eighty-one would be. At a Junie shoot. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) I went to twenty-one. Yeah, at a Junie shoot is how your birth was described. Um, Mm. Let's. um, Dan Duran's going to come back in a while. We're going to do the news and such, but. Yes. See, here's a little, uh, this is just some little music to quieten everyone down. Can you hear that, boys? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very famous jazz piece by Bill Evans. One of my favorites. Yeah. Well, this makes sense. Yeah. Should be part of the uh, the entrance to the compression chamber. To the compression chamber. The decompression chamber. Decompression chamber, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I'll Um, get some sense. All right, let me switch this up because we need to get some energy back in the program. Where was I going to go here? Oh, yeah, I like this. Here we go. Peaches and herb, probably. Oh, I should have gotten that. That was a mistake. Um, Okay, Dan's going to come back in uh, a short time and uh, provide us some news. In a second, we're going to talk about the uh, deep freeze that was uh, Orchard Park yesterday, home of your Buffalo Bills. Uh, but first, as way, we you, you wanted me to sort of pre sell, so it's, it's toboggans and toilets. Oh, I'm sorry. Do that again. I, I apologize. Coming up uh, on the no, news. T- yeah, toboggans and toilets. Dan Duran's news today brought to you by toboggans and toilets. I like it. <laughs> okay. All right, Dan. And speaking of brought to you by. Well, let's uh, let's start with Boat Dog because we're about to launch into the Bills and uh, uh, Steelers at Orchard Park uh, this afternoon. Bills, the favorite, minus ten, sort of a heavy favorite to beat the Steelers and host another game next weekend, and that would be against the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the over/under on the game is thirty-eight points. And there's another game today, you know, tonight, Monday Night Football for the playoffs, which I found odd, giving, giving they want to be fair to everybody with a schedule. But uh, the Eagles minus three over Tampa Bay, that game in Tampa Bay, because Tampa Bay was a conference or a uh, division champion. Whether you're a sports bet or a horse racing fan, a poker or casino player, Bow Dog is your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading uh, odds to their world-class sports book and feature-rich poker room. Uh, to their fully loaded casino and race book, uh, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, brand new, yeah, thank you. Brand new sponsor of the uh, Humble and Fred uh, podcast, a uh, friend of mine for a long time and soon to be a friend of yours, Mike Kazarian from Lender's Choice Mortgages. Mike is uh, one of the broker owners of Lender's Choice Mortgages, an independently owned and operated member of the Mortgage Alliance. License 13582. Uh, Why is this important? It's going to be a big discussion for a lot of people in 2024. And the discussion being a lot of mortgages are going to come due. Why a mortgage broker? Well, Mike's been in the business a very, very long time. They created Lender's Choice Mortgages because they understand the mortgage application process can be frustrating and they know they can build a better process for their clients. Lenders want to work with them because of their experience, knowledge, and efficiency they provide not only to their clients, but also to their lender partners. You know, most people just do their regular things. Their mortgage comes up for renewal. You go to your bank and basically you go to that one place and they give you that one option. 
When you work with a a mortgage broker, they have access to over 75 lenders so they can shop around for you. They don't have any preferences to any one lender, so they work with lenders to make the most sense for you to achieve your goals. We're going to be talking to Mike tomorrow, and uh, we're going to get into this. You know, if you want to support the program, and why wouldn't you? Because you're listening to it for free. If you want to show your support for us, give Mike a shout. Lendersmortgage.ca. Once again, that's Lendersmortgage.ca. All right. During the pandemic, we uh, got to know this uh, friend of uh, the program uh, and a personal friend of uh, Freddie. I believe, uh, am I correct in saying, John, that Fred's stayed at your house well, unfortunately, yeah. Um, for, <laughs> fortunately, it's for a whole week too. But uh, so you know that you know you know what we're talking when when, I, when when people talk about Fred and me and our tone and you've heard it in person you've you've experienced oh, I, it. I've heard it in person for going on forty years now. So. There you go. John Ellison uh, got to know uh, the audience got to know John uh, during the pandemic because John's an American who uh, you know he's one of the he's one of the good ones. You know, he's not yeah. MAGA. He's not joined the, you know, the the revolution. Did not storm his own capital. Mm-hmm. In fact, we'll probably uh, be tapping that bunghole later in the year uh, with you, John. I mean, running up yeah. to the election. <laughs> but, I'm, I'm contemplating just shutting all my media down for the rest of the year because it's going to be so ugly. Well, yeah, yeah I and mean, we could talk about. We talked a lot about uh, the the uh, the American situation with John over the years. And uh, welcome back to the program, John Ellison. Uh, remind everyone where are you living in. I live in uh, Maryland, um, just across the Chesapeake Bay Bridge from um, Annapolis, Maryland. So about forty five minutes from DC. But this morning he comes to us from Lewiston, New York. Lewiston, that's where you grew up, right, John? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And him and Ivor Hamilton, another friend of the Humble and Fred show, are in Lewiston because later today they're going to make their uh, way to uh, Highmark Stadium. Absolutely. So I called Fred. You Maybe you don't know this. I don't know how much of the show you listen to, but I've always been a casual Buffalo Bills fan. I've lived here in Toronto for a long time. And, you know, during the Flutie years, et cetera, I used to, to the point where I would listen to, uh, what was that radio station that used to piss me off all the time? WGR. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and with so. The, with the coach. With the coach. Chuck Dickerson. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I. Um, I've dipped my toes back in the last two or three years. This year, especially of the 17 games they would have played, I've watched 12 or 13 of them. And so I have an interest in the team. I just wanted you to know that it's I've jumped on the bandwagon, whatever. But I called I called Fred on Saturday afternoon. I never got a hold of him. And then I spoke to him yesterday and he said, what were you calling me for? I said, well, I wanted to see what would have to have happened for the Bills to cancel a game. And then, of course, I saw it on the news. So why don't you set that up for us, John? Like, like how bad was it yesterday? I saw some stuff on the news, but describe it for people. So it's really funny, and you guys are used to the lake effect snow piece. But uh, being in Lewiston, I think we have two inches of snow. The sun was out a good chunk of yesterday. Um, Lockport, 15 minutes away, I think, had 17 inches of snow. Uh, my buddy's staying in Orchard Park. I think they've had 20 inches so far. Uh, I said, you know, shovel and snow blow the driveway. And 15 minutes later, the car is completely covered again and the driveway is completely covered again. So um, they said it's, it was, you know, you could not drive. So, you know, whether or not uh, uh, Fred and I had this discussion, whether or not we had a dome stadium in Buffalo, you wouldn't have been able to get there yesterday. So. 
Yeah, and and we're and we're talking like super severe. Like they had to they closed the border yesterday. I mean, here from a Canadian perspective, like you couldn't cross the Peace Bridge into um, Buffalo yesterday. Yeah, there's um, a travel ban on which got lifted. 10 minutes ago i think for today it's now a travel advisory so uh we're legally allowed to drive to the game today um i don't know how the roads are going to be but uh everything is back quote unquote open so uh we're going to find out we're just going to sit here i think and watch the the weather band where it's coming off the lake and try to figure out the best way to get there well john that was part of it uh the governor i think on friday uh before they had canceled the game or postponed it your governor was talking about, you know, maybe this isn't the best game to go to. Stay at home. It's not just the playing on the field. It was the danger of people going to and from. And that's why I was going to bring up the Dome Stadium, like if any place needed one. But to your point, it wouldn't have mattered because it was traveling to and from the danger of it. And for people yeah. across Canada, we're about an hour and 15 minutes from Buffalo. And there's barely any snow on the ground here. Yeah, same as here. Maybe, maybe an inch or two. So, so uh, there's so many uh, parts to this. Not, uh, just the, the actual seats of the stadium. Just imagine that. So, the stadium is covered in snow, which means the seats are covered in snow, which means it's under the seats. It's on the seats. Yeah. All that has to be cleared out in order for people to sit in the seats. Now, they hired people, what, at 20 bucks an hour? They said, come with your your snow shovels. But that's an 80,000-seat stadium. Like, where yeah. are they with that? Do you, do you know? So, like, they do a really pretty good job. They set up these, like, half-pipe tunnels down the uh, stairways, and everybody shovels the aisles, shovels it into that half-pipe tunnel. It goes down to the ground, and then they take it off, off the field with bobcats. So it literally almost all goes straight down to the playing field, and they take it off with bobcats from there. Like, that's amazing. And then, uh, you know, uh, Buffalo so known for their uh, tailgating. And I heard the governor say yesterday, just so you know, or I think it was the mayor maybe, mm-hmm. said just so you know, half the parking lots, which are not paved, mm-hmm. where, where um, you know, a lot of the tailgating takes place, we'll just we won't have time to clear those. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Like, you, from your perspective, you're a season ticket holder. By the way, John asked me, he said he had a couple tickets. Did I want to come down for the game? And I said, no, thank you. I'm much too old for that. <laughs> That's right. And I admire you and Ivor for actually yeah. doing I was this. going to say the same thing. Like, good on yeah. you two for braving I, I that. I don't know if that is the right word for that. But. No, but, I, you know, you're a season ticket holder. I mean, part of the day for you would be going early and walking oh, yeah. around all the tailgating. So, again, you're just going to sit and watch the weather reports and, like, how do you know that you would even get there on time? We're going to leave early. I mean, I guess the, the fortunate thing today is being a 4.30 kickoff, people will be leaving at all different times. There, are, I'm sure, are people there now. And mm-hmm. they will they will thumb through during the day and get to the parking lots at all different times. When it's, If it was a 1 o'clock game, I think it would have been much more problematic because everybody goes at the same time, give or take. Mm-hmm. And that really compounds the traffic problem. So I think you're going to see a lot of people going at different times today, and some will wait till closer to game time. We're going to head out of here probably around 10.30, so uh, if everything is good, get there 11.30. Wow. Well, here's the – I'm looking – I just put it up on the uh, the Canadian Weather Network or the Weather Network. You guys have – do you guys have weather networks in, in the U.S.? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a weather channel. Um, and the first thing is I, – I, I, we call – I refer to it as the uh, red ribbon of doom. It's a winter storm warning, in effect, mm-hmm. for Buffalo again. Yeah. Um, 
Right now, it's minus 16. That's Celsius. I don't even know what that is in Fahrenheit. The high today is supposed to be 15 Fahrenheit. So so it's minus 16. Feels like minus 20 now. Yep. And this afternoon at game time, let me go to the hourly here. I don't think it's much better, dude. No, it'll get colder as it gets darker. So. Well, right. So it's going to actually, no, it's warming up to uh, yeah, game time will be seven. minus seven. Feels like minus 15 at game time. Yeah. I'm sitting here looking at my fireplace right now. I will have a fire going sitting in front of that large television right there. That's what I'll be doing. And I thinking. got my fire pit ready. We're, we're going to have a blaze. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, and knowing Buffalo fans, they will make the most of it. Whatever tailgating and fun can be had, they will. Yeah, they course. will. You know, you know, what bothers me about this game, though, is, you know, the Bills favored by minus 10, and they should beat the Steelers. Look forward to another game next weekend. Is that, you know, when you have this weather, like so, so many quirky, weird things can happen. Right. Maybe at the end of the day, the best team doesn't win. That's what yep. bothers me. And having a history of following following teams that always have things go against them, quirky or not, <laughs> it, it concerns me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it concerned me more when they were going to play yesterday, because when you you take you know Pittsburgh's going basically with a backup quarterback, um, and when we, when you take Josh Allen out of the game because of right. fifty mile an hour winds, uh, it levels the playing field. But um, game time today, I don't think the cold will be a problem. They said the wind's going to be a lot less, you know, like 10-mile-an-hour, 9-mile-an-hour winds. Mm, well, according to this, uh, they've got winds gusting at game time around 42 kilometers an hour, which is, yeah. again, 20 miles an hour. Yeah, but mm. those will just be the gusts. I think the stand, they, what they're saying is like 10 miles Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're for, right. Those are gusts. For, for the standard, which is very tolerable. Well, it's going to be an experience. Have you experienced this before, John? Like, I know this, you know, major snowstorms to Buffalo and postponing games, nothing new. But nope. this one just is a bit different. Yeah, I've been, I was at the two coldest games in Bill's history. Um, not as much snow as this one, but, uh, you know, you adjust for it, you dress for it. Um, uh, Are you going to wear long johns? Uh, yeah, I think I am. Not a boy. Well, you got a Canadian. Listen, you got a you got a Canadian with you in Ivor. He'll know what to do. I have to teach him. Um, I can I ask a stupid question because I've only been to uh, Orchard Park when it was uh, the old stadium um, once or twice. Once in a, a well, radio. it's still the same stadium. Oh, it is. Yeah, until twenty six. Yeah. Okay. So I've been there mm-hmm. with, a couple times. What exactly when you when you talk about getting there at eleven thirty and uh, such? Like what? Can you explain? Again, I, I hate to sound like an idiot. When you talk about tailgating, mm-hmm. I always imagine it's people and their own food. But it, are, are there merchants set up? You go from one to another and you drink beer and eat food? And no, it's, it's pretty much all home cooking. Um, everybody has you know their own tailgate groups everywhere. And uh, usually, you know, you have a group of people to park together and cook together and eat together. There are, like, when you're on your walk into the stadium, there's a lot of stands if you want to pick up a sausage or a hot dog or something. There's plenty of those, but it's uh, they're not in the parking lots at all. Howard, it's so, you know, and I, for me, it's geared to the weather because if you go there on a nice day, you can easily kill three or four hours around the tailgating because everybody is so gracious. Everybody is so generous. Um, well, no, explain that to me. You walk up to some stranger and they say, here's a sausage. 
yeah, good. Or do you want a beer? Or, you know, the last time I was there, this guy had like a big circus tent set up. And when you looked inside, (laughs) seriously, there was a sound system, big screen television. I think one guy even had a pinball machine. They they, they try to outdo each other. There's flatbed yeah. trucks with with um, uh, hot tubs on them. Like yeah. on and on and on. There's a big thing is you know deep frying turkeys and stuff and having a a big table with a spread and you walk by. Hey, help yourself. It's it's something. It's quite a culture. It, wow. it, it is. Mm-hmm. Well, there's always Pinto Ron who is his. I think 71 Ford Pinto. It's been sitting in the parking lot for years and they cook on the hood every week. <laughs> so you're going to get there um, when, when we finish with you. We're not, we're not even close. You're going to get there at 1130 um, okay. or so. 1130, 12. Game time is uh, 420, 430. 430. And, don't, and where will you be able to take any refuge from the cold? So there's... Um, most people don't. Something you know, people have motorhomes, things like that. Um, there's a couple of restaurants around that you can go in. And usually, what we'll do is because you can't always park together. We have people coming from different locations, so we can't all. We always park close, but not together. So we'll meet at a local place called Danny's. Uh, have a, a pregame beer, uh, some chicken wings till everybody gets there. Then we'll figure out which car we want to go tailgate at and uh, go from there. Now that bar you're talking about, is that the one like right in Orchard Park? One of the their kitty corner. There's like two bars. Do you yep. mean one of those? Yeah. Yeah, Danny's and uh, Big Tree Inn. Yeah. Across the street. Yeah, it, you know it's uh, quite the adventure. And again, if I was, that's one thing I admire about this guy, this John Ellison. He, he, are you sixty yet? Are you in your sixties? Yes, I'm in my sixties. I'm sixty-two now. He's still game for this stuff. No, like, I know. <laughs> yeah, like it's it amazing what. Uh, huh? It keeps me young. <laughs> well, I was going to say he's a 62-year-old yeah. American. That's like a 75-year-old Canadian. But then we know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like the fact that you're going to – like what you just said I was going to pick up on, that you said you're going to have a beer and some chicken wings <laughs> waiting for everyone to get there, and then you'll go tailgate. I was thinking, like, after I had a beer and chicken wings, I'd have to have a nap. <laughs> I'd have to go tailgate in somebody's, you know, nap mobile. Yeah, I, I typically would as well, but you get so caught up in the, the situation and everything. Sure, the excitement. Oh, you're breaking up a bit. Um, Can you la- get my dog. You know, the last Bills game I went to was with John and Ivor, yeah. and I believe Darren. And it was against the Raiders. Whenever the Raiders play, their fans come out and they can yeah. be assholes. And um, it, it was pretty much pouring rain the whole game and i walked out of the stadium that day swearing i would never ever ever come back and i haven't so far <laughs> yeah yeah that was I, I will tell you any day of the week i'd rather go in a freezing cold game in the really? snow than sit there in the rain yeah i bet yeah. it's uncomfortable yeah well listen man i uh mm-hmm. i'm excited i you know i get to you know i've actually i was going to talk to freddie about this but i'll just bring you into the discussion that you know yesterday typically on a sunday afternoon to the surprise of no one, I'll watch golf. No matter what the tournament is, there's always an opportunity to see somebody win on a Sunday afternoon. And yesterday, there was two golf tournaments. There was one from Europe and one in Hawaii. And I ended up watching more football yesterday than I watched golf. Um, I just found, I just find it because it's starting to mean something. And I found that the game's exciting as I do the, but I have been excited about this game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be on this afternoon in a way that I was, uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a unique experience for me. And I also commiserate with Fred as far as like, 
Are we are, are the bills too? Here's my point: Are the bills too close to Toronto? Is mm-hmm. some of the leaf stink wearing off <laughs> on you guys? Of course it is, or is it vice versa? Or you is know? it vice versa? Yeah, could yeah. be. Same thing. I haven't had a team win anything. This goes all the way to college sports since 1986. So, isn't that something? I yeah. mean, yeah, even we can relate to World yeah. Series and then NBA championship. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm <laughs> the bills again, they just should win today. And if they win today next, how about this Kansas city? I think it's pretty much determined. Kansas city will yeah. come to Buffalo next week. Like who doesn't want that? Yeah, it'd so be the greatest got, thing ever. Yeah. They got to win today. And bills like, like they, they, they were talking about, um, streaks of futility on the, one of the broadcasts yesterday. It might've been the, um, it's all a blur to me. What was the second game? Detroit and uh, L.A. Great game. Yeah, I watched it to the end. You so know, and I. I, you talk about getting emotional. I mean, over a sport. I know. What, what that meant to Detroit, the first uh, playoff win since 92, only their second since 1960-something like, or even, yeah. oh, no, 65 years. since. Yeah, whatever that is. But I got so tired last night. I thought, okay, I don't know how much longer I can watch this. And I ended up watching mm-hmm. the last uh, and most of the last quarter in bed on my mm-hmm. phone. Um, but, yeah, I'm, you know, I started watching uh, golf yesterday afternoon around 3 and around 11 o'clock last night. I shut it down. But <laughs> the point being, on the broadcast, they were talking about streaks of futility because of uh, what you just mentioned. When was the last Buffalo Bills? Again, I apologize for being stupid. Did they ever win the Super Bowl? No. No. So Lost four I knew that. I knew. I know about that. However, the Buffalo Bills, I think the Buffalo Bills were part of the old American Football League before it merged with the National Football League. And I do believe the very first year, 1960, Buffalo won it, didn't they? They won the championship. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I know they merged. Yes. Before they merged. It's almost looked down at as a kind of the minor league kind of. Right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It was looked at that way. And wasn't there a CFL connection? With Marv Levy, didn't he? Didn't he also coach mm-hmm. Winnipeg? Yeah. He no. coached Canada. Yeah, Freddie was Montreal. it Winnipeg? Oh, Montreal. Montreal. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, Montreal. Well, well it's going to be exciting, John. Mm-hmm. And um, we, you know, we, uh, we, 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 you know, we hope you're safe, you and Ivor today, and I hope you know that it doesn't become horrible. And like a week from now, they have to they find your bodies covered in snow or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't want it that to happen. happen. Mm. Well, not not only that, Fred, but of course it's in a, it's America, and the ever present <laughs> danger of mass shooting is there everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, we're packing guns. We're packing guns for the game today, just in case. Well, that's what I'm I'm thinking. Like, there's got to be like you know the tailgating and shotguns and people shooting guns into the air, whooping it up. Uh, John, stay safe, my friend. And Warren will be thinking about you when uh, we're watching the game this afternoon. Thanks for uh, dropping in. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. Have fun. Say hi to Ivor. Yeah, exactly. Now the retired Ivor Hamilton. (laughs) See you, Johnny. Thanks, John. Cheers. Of course, at this point, Dan Duran's going crazy about the quality of that connection with John. But, you know, this was, we threw this together at the last minute, and he's literally sitting in an Airbnb leaning into his computer. And for that, we thank him. Gave that remote feel. You know what I'm saying? No, exactly. I got no problem with that. Mm. Um, hey, here in Canada, I'm not sure if they would we call it tailgating, but if you're a hockey fan, grab your friends, 
and maybe take a tailgate trip down the block to Kelsey's to watch the game. Enjoy a cold 16-ounce Molson Canadian Draft for only $6.50, plus enter for your chance to win original six hockey tickets. All you got to do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a game, get a ticket, and enter to win. Contest is a uh, limited-time event. Visit kelseys.ca for more details. Hey, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Get a free quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca. It's right there. Click on the badge. Get a free quote today if you have a small business and uh, you've considered having a benefits package for your small business. They mean this is the ticket. It really is. You'll be pleasantly surprised at what it costs to become part of this. It's doable for small business. You know, they've thought ahead, right? Very progressive, as we've said many times before. So uh, all these small businesses get together. They have the uh, they create this image of a of a large business, and now insurances are affordable to buy. And this is what they do. You'll be pleasantly surprised with what it costs and what you get, and what this will do for your employees. It's fantastic. Dental, you know, and prescriptions, and travel insurance, and therapies. They, really, a lot of solid products under this umbrella. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Chamberplan.ca. You know what we could do in Canada that they could not do in the States on Saturday night for, I think, the first time, well, I want to say in history, where an NFL game was not available on broadcast television uh, because of a deal the NFL made with uh, the streaming service Peacock, part of the NBC world. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that sort of sucks because I wanted to, uh, when I got home from Stinky's, I wanted to watch the rest of that game. To my delight, it was available on CTV. Yeah, it wasn't that something. In the United States, the actual, the two markets, what was that game again? Who who was that game? Uh, That was uh, Kansas City, Miami, right, of course. Yeah. Um, In Kansas City, by the way. Yes, Kansas City and Miami, those two markets got to deliver the Peacock feed on the regular NBC channel. Oh, okay. But the, but the rest of the country, yeah, because they would have gone crazy. Um, the rest of the country, yeah, you had to pay to have it streamed. In Canada, for some reason, some agreement they have, they just took the Peacock feed and threw it across TSN and CTV, and uh, we got to watch it. What do you think of that, Howard? Because I have a take on this. Well, like I said, my only take was I'm not signing up for Peacock to watch one game would be my take. Um, I don't know if we can. Can Well, that's probably why it was available. Um, The other Uh aspect of this story is they paid the the NFL $110 million, which when I heard that, now, I, I'm going to hear what you have to say in a second. I, when I heard that, I thought, of all the billions of dollars the NFL takes in, what, was this worth it for one game? But obviously it was. Um, and NBC must have thought that this, this would be a, a sort of testing the waters because this might be the way they're going to go. I mean, they've are, they're already streaming games now on, uh, mm-hmm. on Amazon. Yeah, I'm I'm mixed, you know. Is this a sign of the times? Probably. Yeah. Yet at the same time I'm thinking 
if over-the-air television can offer anything going forward of value, it would be live events. We've often talked about that, be it live news events, live sports events. That will be their function going forward because streaming programs and everything doesn't even make sense to have it on over-the-air television anymore because of the huge commercial blocks and what have you. I look at it this standpoint, and this may be naive, The fans have made the National Football League the number one professional sports league above all else. Staggering what the NFL is worth, what the teams are worth, um, merchandising on and on and on. I think this was a bit of a slap in the face to the fans. Because, you know, you talk, there's a lot of people across America that honestly simply couldn't afford to pay to stream that game on that particular night. They didn't have the money. And I don't know what it was. It was seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine. We say, oh, yeah, you can afford it. Well, you can't say that because you don't know people's situations. So to me, it was sort of a slap in the face to the fans. You've put us in a position where we can charge $110 million to stream a game. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Now you can't watch it? Well, and yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can see that. I mean, I, I was, I, I'm pretty sure it is Amazon that it's also because there's, there's some because I, I heard this story in relation to other streaming services. Yeah, Prime Thursday night games. Thursday night Prime. games. Yes, yes. And it reminded me that I had put away this piece of information to throw it by you. Uh, now that we're talking about it, after years of claiming they wouldn't do live sports, Netflix is going to dip its toe into the water this year with their first ever event, the Netflix Cup. I think it's already come and gone. It was a uh, sort of a made-for-TV type of golf uh, thing. Oh, okay. But yes. they're according to this story, they're going to be doing more and more of it. Because think about if you're already an, a Netflix subscriber or an Amazon Prime subscriber, they want to keep you there. They're 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 like their own network. To mm-hmm. your point about the affordability of it, and then kind of like a bit of a shitty thing to do to NFL fans. There were other games available that day, and there are other games available on broadcast television. But here's the point: you know, Thursday night. If you want to dabble with it during the regular season on a Thursday night, go crazy. Because, again, other than the two teams playing those two markets, there's probably not a ton of interest. Yeah, not as much. People would look, you know, this game, uh, you know, it's being streamed. And I don't really care about, uh, you know, sand or, uh, you know, I don't care about Tampa Bay and Jacksonville or whatever the game might be. This was a playoff game. And this was a big playoff game. This was Miami and Kansas City. Mahomes and, you know, the Dolphins that have made quite a comeback. I... It, it, you know, and it was the only game on at that time on a Saturday night. So I, I, I just don't. No, think I, it was I hear fair. you, man. Yeah. I, and I, you know, and I, you know, I, I don't disagree with you because I'll tell you, I, I actually got in the car and thought, okay, I know before I knew it was on CTV. I'm driving home from Stinkies, and I was like, oh, I, I hope it's on the radio. And they, they mm-hmm. and what they were broadcasting on Sirius was mm-hmm. the Kansas City broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of fun, actually. Listen to about a half an hour of local Kansas City radio broadcasting this game. And then when I came home, I had taped some golf from Hawaii. So I thought, okay, I'll just watch some of the, the Sony Open. And then there was the uh, the football game. Another game I... That's, you know, by the way, that is weird about me. I watched three football games this weekend. Mm-hmm. Almost in their entirety. 
I didn't quite mm-hmm. get um, what was it? What was it uh, Dallas and? Um, it was the first game. And Green Bay. Love that game. I hate yeah. Dallas. So I hate Dallas like the Habs. I loved every minute of that. I stopped watching that game when they went up uh, three or four touchdowns. Whenever, it's, whenever right. it was apparent. But it was a good game. Yeah. By the mm-hmm. way, back to Kansas City. That was, we were talking about the temperatures at Orchard Park today. That game in Kansas City was the fourth coldest game in NFL history. It was like we were talking about this on the phone, you and I. It was minus 20. And what I wanted to point out, and there's still guys not wearing sleeves. Like, they must have been freezing. And then you get those tools in the stands that have their shirts off. No, I know. I know. Which is, I wonder how many of those guys end up in the emergency with frostbite. Well, they're hammered. You know, another thing that I wanted to point out about that Kansas City game, did you notice, because it's so cold, when the players line up at scrimmage, you can see everyone's breath, obviously, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it was interesting to me. Yeah, that's right. Interesting to me, just to see how much how out of breath they are, mm-hmm. because they're because you don't see it normally. But they're everyone, everybody on the field lining up after a play, and you can see them panting for air. Yeah, like, that is yeah. a brutal, brutal sport, man. It really is. Yeah, that's for sure. And can, yeah, playing that sport. In the, in those conditions, it's, you know, I thought about that last night because you watch the game from Dallas, indoor stadium, and you right. watch the game from Detroit, indoor stadium. So those are perfect conditions for those teams. Yet teams in the same league going for the same prize have to put out, have to have to play outdoors and go through that. It almost seems unfair, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like it's such a different vibe in those stadiums. Because you know, when you get hit in the cold, it hurts more. You know that from playing hockey as a kid. Yeah, look at what happened in Mahomes' helmet on Saturday yeah. night. Hmm. So it almost seems unfair, and it also seems weird that during the regular season, right up, you know, and we had a very mild november for the northern cities that right up until it really matters you play in good conditions and then all of a sudden everything's on the line and you have to play in these conditions that are almost yeah you know dangerous actually you know that is a really good point that you make because you know the game that was played saturday night at the temperature it was played at is a different game than the than the games that were played in those domes on Sunday. Oh, absolutely. It's it's the same sport, but the advantage of having those those conditions completely different. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I've I've watched more you know, here's like I was I was going to sleep last night thinking, what a weird thing for me that I, I can't tell you how I would have never been interested in those in, in a non Buffalo Bills football game would have zero interest to me. But after you and I spoke yesterday, I thought, oh, I'll I'll tune in a little bit because not really knowing the players, I'm like, how interested will I find this or how interesting will it be to me? But mm-hmm. I'm but I'm now officially fascinated by the sport. I always like football, but just watching it as much as I have, you grow to appreciate, and very quickly with the Detroit game especially, mm-hmm. the story of the quarterbacks and, you know, you get to know some of the players, but the, just the, 
the skill of the players and the brutality of the sport. It's it's I can see why it's popular because I'm I'm getting sucked into it. Howard, it's a it's a great television sport. That's, yes, there's no doubt about that. And with with football, even during the regular season, you find, you know, after week six or seven, the games really start to mean a lot. As far as playoffs goes, who's going to win the division? Are you going to win the conference? You know, you could have a great record but miss the playoffs. All those things that the NHL isn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the NHL, this exercise of 82 game. Like, I didn't watch the Leafs for one second this weekend. Number one, because I'm just totally disgusted with them. They're a (laughs) mid-pack. They are. They're just a mid-pack. I know you mentioned that to me on the phone. I sort of laughed at myself. I'm like, the years of of being disgusted continue. Well, well, they're just a mid-pack joke. They can't beat shitty teams, and they can't beat gritty good teams. And they're just this thing in the middle. And it bugs me. And now they've given another guy $11 million a year. It's like I have no, honestly, I've just, you know what I said to my buddy John Liddell yesterday? I said, I'm almost to the point where if somebody said, who's your favorite NHL team? I would say, who's ever playing the Leafs? <laughs> except except the Habs. I'm almost to that point where I want to see them lose. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. The thing about the NFL, it's, it's just so perfect for television. And it's just so... And it's structured in such a way where not far into the season, stuff starts to mean something. It's great that way. And and I can tell you, because I've mentioned this before about a lot of different sports that I like, where when it counts, I like I would watch anything. I watch a baseball playoff game. Mm -hmm. I I won't watch the Leafs until April for this for that reason. Mm -hmm. But. You know, football's always been in our family. My, I've, you know, I've talked about my mom and dad were like, my mom was a Blue Bombers fan. My dad was a Rough Riders fan. Well, I've, I've watched it. I get the game. But I don't yeah. know that I've ever gotten it because of the amount I've watched in a short period of time. Yeah. And how quickly I got into that Detroit game to the point where last night it was 11.05 and I'm watching the, mm-hmm. I'm watching the post-game festivities. Because it's fascinating. It's a, and, and you're right. It is a perfect television game. And I like uh, Tarico very much. Mm-hmm. Chris Collingsworth very much. Pretty. I mean, I, I like them, you know, almost as much as Nance and uh, Romo. Mm-hmm. They do a good job. And especially for someone like me that doesn't completely get the nuances of everything. But I get it enough to enjoy it. Yeah. And I had you to know, ask I've you. Been... I, I, I was embarrassed to, to ask you. But I don't care. I didn't know what a pick six was. Okay. Had to ask, you know. Yeah, well, I could ask. How often do I ask you about golf terms? No, I know, but I was like, I'd heard that term, and I said to Fred, "Oh, you know, just to be stupid, but what is that?" And it's like when somebody yeah. picks off a, a, an interception and but gets I, six I, points. I was, you know, uh, when I'm away, my niece um, Emma, her fiance, um, He's a huge NBA fan. And, and and talking to him about the NBA, and a huge soccer fan because they live in London, England, uh, Elliot, um, talking to him about the different sports, you know, he comes over here. He, he, he lived here for a while, worked here for a while, became a huge NBA fan, did not become an NHL fan. He can't, he can't get into it. And I think part of the reason is from the television aspect. When you watch the NBA on television, and again, I'm not a huge NBA or basketball fan, but I understand how somebody on watching it on television can be way more drawn in, yeah. fascinated, and entertained by an NBA game than an NHL game. And I think this is a problem for the NHL. 
And then you watch these NFL games, the same thing. Even the drama of golf on television, the way it can be. Oh, yeah. You know, baseball's out there somewhere. I mean, people here and there watching it on television, a lot of people say it's boring. But I get it because you sit there and you talk to this kid. He come over here and he loves the NBA because he was in Toronto and he saw the games on television. Then he started going to the games. He absolutely loves it. But in that same period of time, he does not care one tiny bit for hockey or the Maple Leafs. And I think that's why mm-hmm. NHL numbers on television are, are a distant whatever they are. Because yeah. outside of the markets those teams are in... Mm-hmm. No one gives a shit. And if it's like, you know, I've made this joke before, you know, like the reason I'll watch the Leafs every spring is because it's somewhat compelling. There's a, yes. there's a um, make or miss quality to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas a game against whoever in February, January, whatever, it means so little to me. And it's not like I don't like the sport. I love the sport. Played it all my life. But, and I've never played football. I mean, other than just dicking around with friends, flag football and such. Mm-hmm. But, but you're right. There's a, there's a, um, when things mean, especially in sports, when there's like last night, it meant something like all yeah. of a sudden I'm cheering for Detroit. Why? Yes. Because of what we said, because I hadn't won a playoff mm-hmm. game since 1992. And I'm like, well, this will be cool. And, and it doesn't take long for them to get you because it's compelling stories. By the way, it's also why it's also why I love golf. Even if it's on a big tournament, because yesterday I turned it on after the first football game and I watched uh, the last couple of holes of this tournament and it was compelling. They go to a playoff Mm -hmm. and somebody won like it was a championship. And every week I know that I'm going to see somebody win something. Um, We should uh, we should take a little time and uh, talk about something else, though. Yes, I agree. Um, Although the one thing I will say about the Maple Leafs, it's like. You know, I look at right now the way the playoffs are structured and the type of team they are. Of the six teams, yeah, I believe it'll be six teams that, yeah, three, three, no, eight teams um, that they could meet in the playoffs in the first round of the playoffs. So, okay, eight make it so we could, of the seven teams they could meet. Right. I look at it, they might be able to beat two, maybe <laughs> beat two. Seriously. Well. Florida. Uh, Boston, like even teams like Philadelphia and Detroit are almost better than the Leafs are now. What happened? I don't like, know. What happened? And, and who's the guy? They, was it Marner they just signed to a multi multi? No, no, it was Nylander. Nylander, that's and, right. And, and it's like, you know, they've got these, these the, the core four. Oh, the core four. <laughs> All <laughs> right. $40 million, but there's no grit. There's no sandpaper. There's no, there's no character to that team. In the playoffs, they'll get crushed. Believe me, if nothing changes. And I don't know how anything can change because they're up against the cap. They don't have a goaltender. The defense lacks. Anyway. And by by the way, what what you just said now, we could have literally played because you've been saying it forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Saturday night, I'm at uh, my buddy's place, as I mentioned, and I look at my phone and I don't know who sent this to me. But it was an emergency alert. Oh, I know. I know how I got this. Because Steve's mm-hmm. wife, Steve's wife was going to Western Canada to visit friends. A bunch of her girlfriends were going to meet in Edmonton. And they're going to an, uh, a hockey game tomorrow night. An Oiler game. Oh, that's the Leafs, I believe. Okay. So that they're all yeah. they're, a bunch of women are getting together. They're going to the Leafs game, the yeah. Edmonton Oiler game. And uh, when... Uh, Leanne is her name. When she lands, 
she sends Stephen and I this uh, note from her phone because everyone's phone blew up um, right. on the plane, and it's the emergency alert. Oh, did you not hear about this? No. Uh, it was all in red and, you know, very emergency alerty. It says this alert is in effect for Alberta. Extreme cold resulting in high power demand has placed the Alberta grid at a high risk of rotating power outages, etc. Hmm. Uh, minimum use of space heaters, turn off unnecessary lights, delayed charging, delayed charging electrical vehicles. Mm. Cook with micro. Like this is ridiculous. Cook with microwave instead of stove. For more information, visit the Alberta Electrical System Operator website. So that was in effect, for, I think, for like 24 hours. And Uncle Steven, uh, Edmonton Steve, mm-hmm. sent me the overnight screen cap of the temperatures I think Saturday into Sunday where it was I got down to minus 50 feels like minus 60 and Jesus. like like I mean yeah I mean it's cold today here minus three or four whatever it is but the day he sent that to me it was still zero like we had whatever day that was Friday whatever Friday Saturday when it was still kind of like not not terrible here and I thought how weird free. yeah Wow, that's crazy. Wow. 50 degrees colder than us. That'd freeze the tit off a nun, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. In fact, it's funny. That's what it says on the Weather Weather Network site. It says that's going to freeze a nun tit. You know, what I, you know what I like about those situations? Not that what I like about it. Those situations where sort of society has to pull together. Like, and everybody buys in for the betterment of all. And I just wonder, the same people that would look at that and go, I ain't fucking doing that are the same people that wouldn't wouldn't take the vaccine. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, funny. You know? It's funny, interesting, strange that you say that yeah. because there was, I saw that, I saw a reaction online from people who were reposting that alert saying, well, fuck this shit. <laughs> really? Like, oh, yeah. Like, Syria, just think about, you know, it's inspiring to see people pull together for the, you know, the good of the group or the betterment of all. Because, you know, what what happens if we really get into a situation where people have to pull together? As you've often said, the aliens, right? Where all of a sudden we become one. Well, Um, as you you just said, look mm -hmm. what happened during the pandemic. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. there's always people that. But I've lived here a long time, 34 years in Toronto. And I've gotten to, used to a certain level of discomfort during the winter. Yeah, we get the odd yeah. day here where minus 15, minus 20, but very, very rarely. You know, we were talking before the show about going out. You, you've got your uh, grand doggy, Doug, staying with you for a couple weeks. And Stan, of course, is here. Like, I went out with him yesterday for less than 15 minutes because... It is it's this is as cold as it might get all winter. We might get one right. or two days. But imagine that in Alberta. And by the way, there was another story I'd say for you that is no longer valid because we've had this deep freeze. But prior to this week has been the mildest winter in Canada in years. Oh, yeah. And that's across the board to the point where we they need snow out west. Mm hmm. You know, it's getting to a dangerous, uh, um, dangerous conditions in terms of lack of moisture, lack of snow. And um, but, you know, we this has been a joke how easy it's been, even since I've been back. You know, and there's that whole dimension to it. I mean, even here in Ontario, how beautiful November was and right through December. I mean, I didn't hear a lot of reports about Blue Mountain and a lot of the ski resorts. 
you know, in central Ontario, they had to suffer over the break. Absolutely. You know, I mean, they, they haven't been able to make a good base, I don't think. And, you know, it used to be that would be big news, but it's almost like it's not big news anymore because slowly but surely you can see the shift in the climate. And, of course, all the dunderheads will be going, oh, what happened to global warming this week? Eh? No, exactly. You'll be hearing a lot of that shit. But generally, yeah, it's alarming how things are changing. So when you were in the Dominican, mm. and we really didn't spend, we should spend some time on how sweet that was. Um, when you were in the Dominican, I went to Auntie Ruby's funeral. Oh, yes. How was that? You know, little triangular funeral sandwiches and mm-hmm. sandwiches good, are pretty, yeah, pretty good. You know, I, you know, the funny thing about those sandwiches is uh, it's hard to keep track of how many you're eating. Of course. Yes. Because because four is one, right? Yeah. So if you have four of those little triangles, you've sort of like had you've kind a of sandwich, had a sandwich but with yeah. no crust. <laughs> but so my governor, as far as how many sandwiches I ate, I was completely skewed because of that. It was cold. Like, but my point about being in Winnipeg, the, the few days prior to us getting there, uh, which was the day that Lori hosted the show. So whenever that was, mm-hmm. it, they, they had, my cousins were saying, like, this is the mildest winter that they can remember. Yeah. But the days we were there, it was like it was colder than it is here. It was like minus 15. Mm-hmm. Standing at the grave site for 25 minutes was uncomfortable. Yeah. I know over the holidays I was talking to TJ Connors, Scruff Connors' son, who, you know, uh, I've gotten pretty close to over the years. And he was telling me that, too. It was just unbelievable. In fact, that actual day, I think it was plus two in Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, because he lives wearing, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he lives in Winnipeg. I'm sorry. Yeah, he lives in Winnipeg and he was just wearing a hoodie and... By the way, he's kicking ass in the real estate industry out there. Did you see his? Uh, did you see any benches with his uh, face on them or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. It was pretty shitty weather. Like it was snowy yeah. and snow covered. Mm-hmm. And but that's isn't that great? That's such a great story about TJ, who was mm-hmm. you know a very very good radio guy, mm-hmm. and decided to take those skills and uh, transfer it to the world of real estate. And as you say, he's kicking ass. He's doing really well. I'm just trying to find where Dan Duran is gone. Where is yes, Dan? Yes, he would. He's doing very, very well. Well, Dan's probably still disgusted that we let John Ellison talk into a computer rather than a well, but studio like, microphone. It, it, we, oh, there he is. I'm trying to find Dan Duran, and he's, uh, he's nowhere to be found. Dan Duran, we got to do a little business here, everybody. By the way, there was so much, too. I wanted to ask you about, well, there was two things I wanted to talk about. The list. Um, but we could talk about that tomorrow. And uh, Tiger. What list is uh, that? What list? You know, the Schindler's the Epstein list. list. The what? Epstein. Oh, the Epstein. <laughs> the Epstein list. Yeah, yeah. And, and all the fallout from that. And Tiger um, ending his relationship with uh, Nike. Yeah. And further to that, Nike getting out of golf. I'm fascinated by all of that, but I can talk about it tomorrow. I guess. Well, yeah, we got lots. Uh, we're doing another show uh, tomorrow, everybody. And um, and I and I do want to talk before this show's over about going away with your grandkids because I think that's a lot of people would like to hear about that. Uh, Dan Duran, are you uh, you're back now? Where were you? I'm back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know I was doing whatever, was waiting for you guys to you know plow through all the subjects, but you, you know it's just too much. Well, yeah. There's you know a lot of times we're just waiting. We're plowing. We're plowing so that you know we just kill time till you come back. We do have a little uh, radio. Uh, radio. We have to do a little podcast uh, support business. Uh, Frederick, you can begin as always. 
Well, it's the Retirement Sherpa break uh, this week uh, on Wednesday, hosted by uh, Jay Bondi, and uh, he's going to be talking about TFSAs, tax-free savings account, and uh, know the facts and features of this uh, tool, because uh, they're pretty handy. I mean, there's situations where maybe it's not the best way to go, but in many uh, situations, it is uh, the way to go, obviously, because not paying tax is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Is it not? Uh, is a retirement sure, but Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. And again, sitting in for... Uh, Tim this week will be Jay Bondi. Mm, Howard. Yes, I'm, I'm still here. I'm just uh, texting. Who are you Ru- texting? Well, Rudra Rishi Maharaj, he says, uh, nothing to report about Auntie Ruby's funeral? Yeah, it was cold. She was dead. Report over. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to talk about Boron 1. Uh, as we all know, uh, Boron is in everything. And why do we keep talking about that? You know, some of the applications include glass production, insulation, fertilizer, silicon metallurgy, LCD screens, and so much more. And of course, they support us, and we would appreciate, and you do what you want with your money, but at least give them a look. The uh, website is boron1.com. And uh, already some Humble and Fred listeners have made some investments, and again, that's their business, that's your business. We make no claims about the, you know, we can't give you any guarantees about stock prices or, you know, we're all big, we're all grown ups here, but have a look at it uh, because it is a company on the verge of pulling boron out of the ground, which is not an easy thing to do. And as I say, the um, mineral is in everything. Find out what it uh, might do for you at boron1.com. That's boron1.com. I had an interesting discussion last night with uh, interesting, interesting, with one of our. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about Edmonton. It's minus thirty four in Edmonton as we record this. Dan, when you grew up in Edmonton, I grew up in Moose Jaw. It was it was cold like that all the time. Yeah, I remember there was a time that the Edmonton Journal had a. uh, like an award given out to all its readers for uh, managing, I think, over 35 days or something at minus 40. So we had really a cold, cold winter that year. I froze my but, feet in in skates because, you know, we had indoor arenas, which we did for like league play. But I played all my shinny outdoors. Yeah. All the time. Road hockey or skating outdoors. Froze my toes my entire childhood. That doesn't happen here. <laughs> no, these, kids, these, these kids are so soft. They're not freezing their toes. They're not losing a toe. They're so soft. Suck. It's funny. Them. It's funny, too. In, in Calgary, like in Edmonton this week, it's not going to get above freezing. It's going to but it's going to warm up compared to minus whatever the 30 is. But in mm-hmm. Calgary, you know, because there's a, the difference where there's Chinooks and all that, it's going to get up to plus one by this coming weekend for them. But not in Edmonton. It'll still say pretty cold. Like minus 10 will be the high. But like when I was a kid in Scarborough, there were outdoor rinks like in our public school. They would there's a couple outdoor rinks every year. And I remember. You'd go up there at night and you'd get, you know, take the skates off and be almost crying with the, uh, you know, as your feet started to thaw. Yeah. How that, remember how that felt? Yeah, it's all little um, frostbites. 
but you don't see a lot of those outdoor rinks anymore for whatever reason. I mean, you see the official ones downtown at Nathanville Square and stuff like that, but there used to be makeshift rinks all over the place, and you'd use them most of the winter. Well, you couldn't even, it wouldn't even be worth setting them up now. Really? Yeah. Well, there are rinks in this area. There's one in my neighborhood. There's another park I take stand to sometimes. And I walked by it the other day and it's they flooded it. You know, I mean, once it gets hovering around zero, yeah. they can keep it, uh, keep the ice on it. Well, the, yeah. And the, but the problem with those outdoor rinks nowadays, it's you get a week like this and then you flood it. And then a week and a half from now, it could just be puddles again. Yeah, because it melts. Yeah, because yeah. Not, and you go to, you no. go through all that work to set it up. You you could set them up before knowing that you could use them for a couple of months. Well, you just yeah. you can't now. So I'm having a discussion with a mutual friend of all of ours, Darren. And for every you know everyone knows who Darren is. He's Lori's mm-hmm. Lori's husband. He's uh, this guy. We always re- for reference. Yee. He's that guy. Yee. And if people think, like, he's putting that on, he's not much different. No. <laughs> like, that's one thing about Darren. Mm. He never breaks character. Come on! No. You know, a lot of people put on a character. Mm-hmm. Darren is this character. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I was having a discussion with Darren, and he was telling me about a book he's reading that he thought I might like. And it was the uh, book that Getty Lee has written. Oh. the uh, From Rush. Maybe, hmm. maybe Dan, maybe you've heard of that band? I have heard of that band, yeah. So he's telling me about this book, and he's talking about how interesting it was and, and how uh, Getty Lee's parents... Uh, Getty, I, I know the part of the discussion was how Getty Lee was identifying culturally as a Jewish person, but not religious. And sort of like, you know, I don't really... I'm not religious, obviously, and as far as relating to it culturally, I did as a kid and less so as an adult. And then Darren tells me that Getty Lee's parents were very religious and, and, and remain so, even though his parents, both Getty Lee's parents, were in concentration camps in mm-hmm. Poland, where I don't, I don't know if you know history, Dan, but these were not, <laughs> they shouldn't have been called camps. Uh, like camps were, right. because camps, just, you know, they're not, there wasn't a lot of games and arts and crafts. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. But he tells me this fact that I found fascinating. He said, yeah, his parents were both in concentration camps. That's where they met. In fact, that's not only where they met, but they got married in a concentration camp. What? Exactly. And I started to laugh because I said, you know, men are so, men are, well, men and women are funny, but men especially are like, like so cannot be stopped when it comes to the pursuit of the opposite sex. Because there you are, you're in a concentration camp, and when you walk up to somebody and go, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know, like, would you like to get together later, you know, if we're not, if we're not dead? <laughs> like, how does that conversation go? Oh, they're gone. Did you guys go? I don't know what just happened, uh, audience. I think the... Um, the Zoom feed just dropped out for some reason. And I can't tell if that's my internet. Let me check. Let me see if it's my internet or... Uh, let me change internets. Isn't that something? You know, um, 
Humble and Fred listeners, I don't know that I've ever uh, seen that happen. Where the, um, hang on, let me try and just start it again. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen that. Just the Zoom. No, there we go. Oh, yeah. what, just, what happened? Um, as I just explained to everybody, uh, I don't know what happened. Well, it's in what's you. You're off, but we were still on Facebook, which I find a, a very interesting phenomenon because it all goes through you. How, yeah, how that is that happen? possible, Dan? I don't know. Well, I think it's uh, it's hosted through. I don't know. Can't tell you that. Because I had, I had client, literally, right? I literally had to start another meeting. Really? But we we were here, and wow, that's weird. Because I was at, I was asking Dan, I, you know, I, you know, are we still on? And would we be on Facebook? And Rudra immediately sent a text saying, "You're still on Facebook." So the technical part of me, of which there is a little tiny bit, yeah, started to think about that. Because you're like master control there. and Well, what Boone says, I'm sorry, Toronto Mike says, is when the host loses internet, Zoom just makes somebody else the host. So oh. Fred was probably the host while you were gone, says Mike. But oh. what Fred and Dan weren't was being recorded on our oh. show while you were All gone. Right. Because yeah. what I did is I kept talking, mm. explaining what was going on for the podcast listener. So that's what the podcast listener will hear. You, not us. Yeah. Okay. I right. Mm-hmm. Did you get Fred's joke? Well, no. I, did you guys, where did you guys lose me? Because I was, doing a, I was doing a Holocaust joke, and I thought a pretty good one. Which one? No, because you said they got married in a concentration camp. And I said, where do you get a DJ for that? That also was very my good. joke. Well, but, was, but I, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. I like that. I missed that. You know what? When yeah. I do this on stage, I'll use that as a, as a, as a tag. Okay. What but was I, yours? Well, my joke was like, how does that, how do you have that conversation when you try and meet chicks in a concentration camp? You walk right. up to somebody like, Hey, how you, how you doing? So how's, you know, how's your day going? I don't know. Everyone around me is being killed by Nazis, by fucking Nazis. That's how it's going. I'm sorry I didn't make the joke clear enough for you two. No, we yeah, didn't so, hey, hear do you that. Got, do you want to? Hey, what's your name? Well, I'm I'm Getty Lee's soon to. Be, I don't know what her name is. Esther. I'm Esther. Hey, I'm uh, Mordecai. Want to hang out yeah. later if we're not gassed? Like, <laughs> Uh, and, and, and what does the woman say? Excuse me, are you asking me out in a concentration camp? Well, I don't know. Since uh, if you're not doing anything after we get gruel, would you like to get? Would you like to? You know, whatever the whatever the Nazis were feeding them. Anyway, yeah, I like that. Where do you get a DJ? Where's who's doing catering? Yeah. Well, that just shows you that story. Love is the answer. Love, love is the answer. Love is the answer. It supersedes everything. See, he fell in love with her and it didn't matter the surroundings. And look, they're still together. Hey, you know, one thing about that, I'll tell you, like Getty Lee's parents. And I know some of our parents lived through the depression and what have you. But you want to talk about perspective? I mean, you survive a concentration camp. Like, how do you ever have another problem in your life? I mean, from, you know what I mean? Oh, the car broke down. Oh, yeah. Fuck. At least I'm not in a concentration. Exactly. You know, like. We no, can't pay the mortgage. Oh, well, at least, uh, you know, at least we're I'm not, alive. At least everyone around me isn't being gassed by the Nazis. <laughs> exactly. And again, why wow. Why concentration? Mm. I would find, to me, I would find it hard to concentrate. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would yes. find my concentration waning mm-hmm. if everyone around me was emaciated and being killed every day. Mm-hmm. 
by some of Dan's relatives. That's right, Dan. <laughs> Here we go. By some of your fellow uh, yeah. countrymen yeah. And I, from and the we fatherland. <clears throat> we haven't touched on the orange pig at all, but yeah, we'll it's get funny. Well, it, no, it's just that whole thing he's throwing out there. Yeah, you know, deportation. And, you know, while they're waiting to be deported, deported. You know, they're going to put these people in fucking corrals or something. So here yeah. we are. I mean, you want to talk about everything old is new again or everything new is old again or whatever. It's something else, man. And the millions buying into that. Yeah, that's a good idea, Donnie. Let's do that. Yeah. Fuck those immigrants. Well, I thought what we would do tomorrow, because there's so much that's happened since you and I have been uh, apart. <laughs> we should carve out a few minutes and give everyone fair warning. We're going to deconstruct. Some of the stuff that has been going on, because it's really, it's gotten out of hand with so many, there's so much to it. But let's not end another show with a right. humble and Fred Trump rant. Let's do what a lot of people are hoping we'll do, which is get Dan Duran ready for the return of the Dan Duran News. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man comes, as for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the matrimonial home That he shares with his soon-to-be bride Girlfriend Lisa With news and views Here's movie anchorman Daniel J. Ebert Duran Esquire Wow, that's really loud for me. I, I apologize. You know, I, I, real, I apologize. Yeah. I realize <laughs> because I'm only wearing one headphone and it's really low. I didn't realize I was turning the wrong pot down. Okay. Oh, I, I wonder. See. Okay. Yeah. I wonder yeah. in what exotic part of the world Dan and Lisa will get married in. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, Dan Duran. Dan Duran's not getting married in no concentration camp. No, no, it'll be like Mallorca oh, or yeah. something. So oh, I'll yeah. Have it'll to be, check my aeroplane points. Mm, it'll be like, the invitation will be like, dear friends, go to the bank and get set to spread your cheeks for a, a Hawaiian paradise. <laughs> wow, you guys really create a great fantasy here. <laughs> yeah. Dan will be like so, this. Where have you, hey, where, where have none of you ever wanted to go? <laughs> There's We're getting married in Fiji. <laughs> okay. Proceed, right, let, me, let me try this again. And now, with news and views, here's movie anchorman and fiancé, Dan Duran. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. An exploding toilet can really make you lose your appetite. Let's set the scene. Dude walks into a Florida Dunkin' Donuts, takes a moment for a washroom break. And during his sit-down, the toilet explodes. Mm, wow. It's everywhere. Human feces, urine, debris. He walks out of the men's room seeking help from workers and the store's manager. According to the lawsuit, because there's a lawsuit, an employee told him they were aware of the problem with the toilet since there had been previous incidents. I'm sorry, Dan. Mm. Previous incidents of the, the toilet exploding? I guess some sort of toilet problems mm. that they didn't address. So what? there was a history of toilet 
tissue and everything else coming out of that thing. They didn't address it. And so the victim now uh, requires mental health care and counseling as a result of the trauma and uh, emotional side effects, including uh, shocking, nightmarish uh, kinds of uh, experiences like PTSD symptoms is what he's talking about. He's suing for 50 grand. Mm, that's all if you're gonna fuse this why would you do that if you're gonna go to the you know the sweat and the time and toil of suing why 50 grand why not 50 million um what what would make a toilet explode though i know there's methane in one's poo poo but how would that be (laughs) sort of i know that how would that be trapped in such a way that a toilet could explode i don't get that i i don't quite understand the uh i i did as much research as i could on the exploding toilet problem i can only think that may that there may be a backwash kind of some sort of pressure buildup pressure with water yes yeah Mm -hmm. from below pushing Mm -hmm. whatever from below up and so Mm -hmm. maybe something else went down the drain at the same time he was yes yeah, something like that. Or perhaps there was a weakness in the uh, porcelain in, in some way. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I think you did a, a pretty decent amount of research. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think yep. you've covered okay. that. And uh, right. I, But I'm with uh, you there. 50 grand hardly seems worth the effort. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, like, like even like 500 grand. Like, come on, buddy. Like, what are you doing? That, But again, you know, that's some... Goober American, I guess, that 50 grand, he th- he'll think he's rich, I guess. And, mm. You know, he'll be able to take the bus to vote for Trump. <laughs> no, he'll be able Jesus. to do that. Yeah. And then buy all the scratching wins to start scratching. <laughs> yeah. um, and now with his second story, here's movie anchor. Ma- movie anchor man, husband and. <laughs> oh, boy. He hit- this started with the matrimonial home. Oh, yes. Yeah. And moving on, yeah. It makes it's wiggle. Be. Mm-hmm. It'll be fiancé, husband, and de- fresh divorcee. <laughs> Once again, here's Dan Durant. All right, here we go. Next to skating, skiing, tobogganing is truly a Canadian sport that the city of Toronto has banned on 45 hills in the big city. You know, in, in two, 2017, uh, the city actually implemented a, a toboggan hill inspection program. And under this program, the city staff regularly inspect the highly used toboggan hills and signs got posted and they put bales around, you know, objects at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. Apparently, uh, they, they figured that there's too much of a liability there. So they uh, they uh, they cut the number of hills down. So apparently now there are only 29 designated toboggan hills in the city. There's there was a resolution to shut them all down, yeah. except for two, but that was voted down by the city uh, councillors in favor of the banning of uh, these other uh, hills. I was going to say, there's something that's changed since we were kids. You know, <laughs> like, exactly. I know kids now that wear helmets and they're always, they're bubble wrapped. When we were kids, we didn't, sometimes we didn't even go down on a toboggan. We went down on a piece of plastic and forget bales like you were literally crashing into other kids cracking your skulls running up the hill with your with half concussed and now the risk was little, part of the thrill well, exactly you know if somebody couldn't be turned into a vegetable why bother <laughs> <laughs> but you see how these two stories you had today are related because it all gets back to lawsuits um I understand the city doing that because I imagine over the past few years, the most insignificant 
injuries on those hills have led to people trying to sue the city because that's just the way it is nowadays. So, I mean, they're covering their ass. Can you imagine now if somebody's little darling suffered? Oh, my goodness. A concussion or something on one of those hills. That's the first thing they'd say. Go after yeah. the city. Oh yeah. Where back in our in the sixties and seventies, you probably wouldn't even have thought of that. It was like, oh well, accident. You know, get over it. That's you right. Have you have to deal you, with it. You'd have but an accident. Now, lawsuit would be the first thing that would come across the minds of many. Yeah, you'd have an accident in the sixties or seventies, and then just be called people. Just mm-hmm. yeah. Well, there's one-eyed Fred. You know. Well, yeah. I remember. <laughs> hey. <laughs> You know what I really miss about Fred? I loved it when he could talk. <laughs> That's right. But it, it's just all of a sudden you just became that. It's way more like I don't we don't have time to discuss this now, but there used to be a lot more <laughs> disfigurement when we were growing up. There was oh, always yes. old one eyed Fred or, you know, uh, old Limpy Howard and. Well, oh, there was ugly was the norm, Howard. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There was always like somebody who's like didn't have all their fingers. Oh, you yeah. know, they had like a little thing, like a fin. Right. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Hair lips were big back in the 60s. Oh, yeah. They were. Now everybody's got fingers, and they yeah. like, can hardly limp. Mm-hmm. Ah, the old days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you we, we got to go. You think with a hill, though. With a toboggan Yes, toboggan And I'm not a lawyer, but no, you think like, use at, your, use at your own risk. <laughs> you know, you are responsible for your own safety here yeah, on this you, hill. You are. You'd think that that would cover it off for lawyer time and say tobogganing uh, at your own risk, uh, you know. I know. So many other things can happen, you know. Step in a a mud puddle at your own risk. I mean, well, yes. Life. All this stuff is cyclical. Remember a few years ago it was road hockey. They stopped allowing kids to play road hockey and a lot of. But I don't think I don't think the road hockey thing was for liability. I I get I kind of get why the city's saying, okay, rather than deal with Mm -hmm. potential liability, let's just shut it all down. No, I'm just talking about the whole throwback. Yes, yes. How things are different. You know, I'm. uh, It's funny. I mentioned hair lips. They were, you know, quite prevalent. They were everywhere. Yeah. My mom and dad had a friend. He had a hair lip. I'm telling you, he did. Uh. And whenever he was around my mom, seriously, my mom would get him to tell jokes. Like almost like a like a CNE sideshow or something. Yeah, it was like having a little mini elephant man. And it's not. And the thing was, the jokes weren't that funny. It was how he told them with his hair lips, sure. which was the funny part of it. And if people would gather around and I forget his name, what his name was. <laughs> they would gather around this guy and listen to him tell jokes that weren't funny, but were hilarious because he had a hair lip. That's what took place in my every, home in the 60s. I was going to say, well, every household had a hair lip friend. Everybody, everybody had somebody with a cleft palate or a hair lip or a fin for a hand. <laughs> like, was, this party's mom, boring. Exactly. Call the guy with the hair lip. Exactly. Nowadays, people don't know the joy of having a hair lip friend, Dan. God damn it. You're right. And there's, uh, you know, circuses. You're right. Exhibitions You're right, don't seem to have those, those uh, sideshows. Side yeah, I know. What happened? All right. You know? well, listen, we I think we well, listen. We got a big show tomorrow. Let's not get it all out today. All right. So, did we talk about how uh, Fred's uh, vacation, or does that we're going to do that tomorrow. right off the top tomorrow? Okay, we're going to talk about yeah, right. Fred's vacation tomorrow right. with mm-hmm. the sweet babies. Did you guys talk about the helmet that got cracked in the football game? That you know, yeah, well, I, I mentioned it. You touched on it yesterday. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. yeah. But Mahomes seemed uh, quite irritated with the replacement helmet for a while. Um, 
But I did want to just reiterate that I <laughs> that I thought <laughs> saying it's hard to con. I find it if I was in a concentration camp, I would find it very hard to concentrate. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just yeah. went, and you think about this. Speaking of suing, mm-hmm. think about how many Jews were in there, and nobody thought to sue the Nazis after. Where's that lawsuit, Dan? Where's that lawsuit? <laughs> <laughs> This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, and Kelsey's, and our newest sponsor, Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Tell us what you think. And here's something you can do to help us out. Tell your friends, get them to subscribe to this podcast, or maybe even share an episode with someone. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and on your journey, remember, love is the answer. Now off with you to the decompression chamber and enjoy every goddamn day. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's the